Hello, freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. This is episode 96. It has been quite a while since we have done this. You and I have spent a lot of quality time together, Hunter, in between the the real six-week break we've had, basically. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. We want to acknowledge some really generous contributors to the podcast. You can do the same by sending a PayPal donation to radicalresearchpodcast at gmail.com. That's our ID for PayPal, as well as our email for contact. You can also, of course, as always, visit our website at radicalresearch.org. There you will find some Canvas Solera CDs, a couple of my books, and who knows, sometime in the future, Deserts of Hex number two. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nearing, I shouldn't say completion. That would be overstating it. But we're uh, we're making some real progress, and we should, I guess, probably be done with everything by in early June, early, you know, mid-June and get the layout done. And yeah. Have, <laughs> well, have I, I guess that means I better get cracking on my deadline. <laughs> I want to. Yeah. I'm leaving for London in like four days and that's going to take us to late May. So, uh, uh, but I've never missed a deadline. So uh, this might as well be the first. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, no, you, you can count on me, bro. Anyway, Alan Colson sent us a generous donation. We love Alan. Uh, he does the Heavy Metallurgy podcast, and uh, that's absolutely worth watching. It's a, it's a YouTube video thing, and um, he does it with our friend Marty Rickenden. So thank you, Alan, for supporting our podcast. We're so pleased that he likes it so much. Uh, Joseph Pung also sent us uh, a donation, as did Forrest Pitts. We all know who Forrest is. Uh, we are uh, Joseph Pung's a new name to us, I believe, but uh, we're, we're glad you're all out there. Not, not to me. No, you know, you know, uh, uh, if it's the same, the same Joe Pung, he and Chris Rushing are very good friends. Well, 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 what do you know about that? It may not be, but if it is, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to give too much away about Joseph, but um, I hope it's okay if we say that he's from Durham, North Carolina. At least that's the uh, address here. I, 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 I guess. I don't know. So we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll get with Chris and to corroborate joseph if, if you're listening uh thank you for the donation and let us know if you're uh friends with chris rushing if you are uh we promised not to dissociate ourselves from you uh, because <laughs> of that <laughs> anyway just a bust on chris we love chris all right it's been a while and you know we hope to get these out uh, a little sooner and i know that when people are contributing they're expecting more episodes from us but it's been a, a extraordinarily busy six weeks I guess we got to start off with the fact that you and I went to Portland. We didn't record any radical research or didn't even do a five minute quick thing, which I thought about for a while, but we had other things to do, especially you. Perhaps you you could summarize our visit if you like. So, yeah, so our visit was prompted uh, by the fact that I am now playing with Agalog, one of my... Uh, one of my favorite bands um, <laughs> and even saying it out loud still feels kind of weird to me we spent a lot of time with uh jason walton um who uh, jeff i guess you've known jason for you know well over 20 years what we discovered is i've known jason i, I knew jason and don before they knew each other um, oh wow okay. yeah i think they had met shortly after uh, after that, but yes, I, I've known those guys for a while. I've known Jason for a long time. Only met him once, very briefly, uh, years and years and years ago. And that was my first time. I've known, you know, those guys for not John, but but Jason and Don for about three years. And I joined Sculpture 
two years ago and, right. and have become very close with them. But it was the first time that I'd ever actually met them in person and um, huge disappointments. <laughs> yes. As Jeff and I tend to do, we ate very, very well. Oh, Lordy. Too, too did well. We, did we? Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, I, I think it surpassed Manhattan as my favorite area for food in this country. It's, it's remarkable how easily you can just walk in to a place and get a great meal. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just, I want to say how proud I am of you for not only accepting this position and not only being well-received by the other guys in Agalog, of course, but I was lucky enough to get to see you guys rehearse on Sunday. You know, you guys hung out Friday, did your rehearsals uh, Friday, Saturday, I guess. And it was not, it was kind that you guys let me in. And um, I, I, I'm just blown away. I mean, just watching you play with them was a bit surreal just as an observer. Uh, (laughs) And they they sounded utterly fantastic, you know, with you and just, just, individually uh i was really really captured by the whole thing and uh had was just honored to have lunch with all you guys it was, it was fantastic and yeah jason was a great host especially on monday when we went around to uh the oh, columbia river gorge area went to one of the greatest record stores i think either of us have ever been in crossroads uh, I, and i have i've heard um elsewhere um that that opinion is is shared yeah. um, among people who who know about such things. I mean, and it it really was it, like I I spent way too much money. Uh, <laughs> I made you feel slightly better about yourself. You, you <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but, but I, I could have spent thousands of dollars. If I had only picked up that first Grobschnitt for fifty bucks, I would have probably been at your level uh, of spending. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and I keep I keep thinking about asking you. You, you, you haven't mentioned that, Jeff. What's that? I said you haven't you haven't mentioned that Grobschnitt. <laughs> yeah, I know what, except for five times. Fifteen. Yeah, years. yeah, wake it. Yeah, on the plane. Hang yeah, on, on the plane. plane. I should have got that. I should have gotten that. <laughs> I really regret that. And you know, we we have never flown together. We had a blast flying. We listened. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. For, for the for the most part, um, but, yeah. uh, we were pretty packed in. We were packed in on the so way coming back. Coming back, it, I, coming back it, I, going it, it felt fine, but coming back. And then we had um, a rather uh, inauspicious descent and landing in Charlotte. Roughest landing I've ever had. It was scary. We 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 touched down and actually lifted back off briefly. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. It was, I, and, and yeah, I was thinking awful. in that I was thinking in that moment, man, Agalock's going to have a spinal tap situation. <laughs> you know, like I actually said that to them, um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know. Number drummer number three, uh, you know, yep, bad yep. omens about. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So yeah, and and to sum it all up, we on the way back, I forced you to have your first listen. We listened simultaneously oh, to hardly. Brad Meldaw's Jacob's Ladder, and um, I think you liked it. I mean, yeah, I, you kept looking over at me and uh, like and going, "Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know." I know. I knew you would. I knew you would be blown away. It, it's amazing. It anyway, is. so so that's that's all part of the delay. But of course, uh, we were we're so that was one of the, really one of the best trips either of us have ever taken. And 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 again, Hunter, I'm I'm so proud and, and happy for you. Uh, it's, I'm so I'm just so grateful that you that you were there. That made it that made it a lot more special for me. Well, I do what I can. I just showed up. Oh, Hobbit Hole. If you're ever in Portland. Yeah. 
and you want to Airbnb it, you must stay at Hobbit Hole. I stayed at the Hobbit Hole and it was incredible. You stayed one night uh, and then you're off with awesome. the, the, the other nights. But uh, I had a blast at the Hobbit Hole. It was a wonderful place, wonderful hosts. So I just want to plug that real quick. Uh, and then um, I've been tr following Voivod for just a week, two shows, nothing nothing major, no deadhead sort of stuff. But they played two shows in North Carolina on their, I guess, two and a half week kind of short U.S. tour here with Imperial Triumphant. And um, they uh, How was Imperial Triumphant. I thought they were interesting. I, I haven't connected with them yet on record. The show, it, it, they started in a way where I was like, I just have no idea what they're doing. Like it was hard for me to suss out exactly what their modus operandi is. It, it was strange. They did, they, you know what they did, you know what they are? They kind of sounded to me at least live, like a more, uh, I got to use this word very carefully, but like a more commercial portal. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> They're still really messed up. They're still really obfuscated. I love that. Yeah, I, but it's like if yeah, it's like if Portal just went a little more streamlined, but they're still very difficult. And um, I enjoyed it. By the end of it, I went over to the table to buy a CD, and all they had were forty dollars vinyls. And I was like, "Well, fuck that," because I don't know if I'll. No, right, not forty dollars worth. Yeah, I wanted to support them because they, they did give a great show. But I really want to talk about Voivod real quick. They, yeah. I have seen them now sixteen times, every major tour, and certainly every lineup since Dimension Hatros. And I've never, I've seen them play as well as they played these last two shows in North Carolina, but I've never seen them play better. They are on fire. They are absolutely destroying. And the set list is incredible. Uh, I got to see Nuage Fractal twice. I got to see uh, Pre-Ignition twice. Uh, well, I've seen that before, but, you know, it, it's still great that, that this is back in the set. Uh, Rebel Robot is there. Rise from Phobos is there. I mean, just, man, it, it's just, it's a, it's a Voivod nerd's dream come true really <laughs> and made even better by the fact that i was able to give away some laid out chapters for the book i'm writing and just to hang out with those guys we had a very late night with chewy and rocky uh, myself and my friend josh greer that was great i also want to shout out to philip trummer and chris alfano uh and ben simpkins um all radical researchers and in the case of ben a former canvas solaris bandmate of yours and a friend of ours they were all there in Asheville and Asheville was such a magical day and night. I just, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. So, uh, and, and, Oh, then and yeah, then I almost forgot before we get to Gloria, the subject of tonight's episode, Philip von Segaboden from afflicted joined me in Charlotte and proceeded to just impress me. And we got along famously. He's a wonderful dude. I, I just felt a kindred spirit to him. And, and, and I certainly know you would have too, if you were there, um, well, was, the, the FaceTime was still pretty special. We did a FaceTime. He's just a, a brilliant guy. And he gave us um, both Seda Swallowed in Black shirts for the episode we did on Swallowed in Black at his request. So he uh, talk about paying it forward. He's he's just like, he's, he keeps giving on this thing. And some some afflicted vinyls that I'm going to be sending you soon, Hunter. Just a great dude. And, and he had only seen Voivod. He's a huge Voivod fan. Had only seen them once in Sweden on the Phobos tour. So he got uh, top of the game Voivod that night in Charlotte and we all had a blast. Josh Greer showed up again. It was just fantastic. I'm kind of still in the afterglow of the Voivod week. It was really something else. Inspiration and drive to keep churning on the book and, and make that thing happen. I'm getting close. Shall we jump into Disillusions Gloria? Let's. I don't think there's ever been an album made that was screaming radical research <laughs> material like this one. <laughs> However, this thing, Every, what is about this? It. 
everything about it. This thing came out in what, 2006, 2000? Yeah, late totally, 2006. Yeah, it came out in 2006. Totally polarizing among the fan base, totally 180 from the previous album. It's just, yeah, it is pure radical research fodder. And let's just give a quick background before we jump in. Disillusion is a band from Germany. And um, that I'm playing with at Prophecy Fest in September. Ah, uh, yes. Hunter is playing with them at Prophecy Not Fest. Not that I really September. care, but... I mean. Inside a cave that's inside a mountain. <laughs> if that's not blowing your mind, Hunter, I, I don't know what will. Main guy in Disillusion is a guy named Andy Schmidt. He's been the one and only mainstay in the band. It's probably fair to call him Disillusion. This was a band that has an interesting history uh, release-wise. They released two demos in 96 and 97, respectively, uh, Subspace, Insanity, and Red. And then in 2001, an EP called Three Neuron Kings, and then a single in 2002 called The Porter. And then in 2004, finally, eight years after their formation, well, actually four, 10 years after the formation, eight years after they started recording, finally an album. And I really like, that's kind of an old school approach. It doesn't seem like bands take that long to put out an album, whether it's self-released these days on Bandcamp or what, you know, signed or whatever. They had a long gestation period of finding their sound. But the thing is, back to Times of Splendor, as soon as they established what they were, they went and blew it all out for Gloria, the second album in 2006, because it has some traits of the old disillusion, but it is largely a, a complete reinvention. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, so fascinating band. And it's something that you and I both are discovering a bit late. So let's spare no more time. This is the first track from the album. We're going to run through the whole thing. This is The Black Sea. Splendor, I guess you could vaguely call it a melodic death metal record. Yeah, I'm with, um, I, and, I, and I see why it was such a big deal when it came out. I remember there being a lot of hype. I didn't buy into it or even give it the time when it came out, but 
it, it's that exactly as you say, but a little different. Like it has. It that's what I said vaguely. Yeah, but I, I say that to provide some contrast by what we just heard. Um, we're in the thoroughly modern metal territory here. I, in fact, I'm sort of at a loss to describe it. I mean, you've got those distorted vocals and simpler rhythmic approach, uh, but it's layered, it's nuanced, it's got lots of little details about it that that elevate it. But I, I think anyone having come from that first album would have been shocked hearing this. I remember hearing it, knowing what they were like. I, it's either promo or something, you know, and I certainly didn't connect with it then. But I did, re I did remember thinking, holy shit, like, that's not going to go over well with a lot of their, their audience, you know. Yeah. Um, I, knew I knew enough at that time. So Back to Times of Splendor and Gloria both came out on Metal Blade, which is, you know, no slouch of a label. And a lot of people heard Back to Times of Splendor. Right. And then, I, you know, yeah, so just knowing all about that and then like hearing Gloria, I just remember thinking, golly, that, that band has really changed. And it was always on my radar to check out again or to give another chance, but I just, I don't know, never did until quite recently. The thing that led me to, or led me back to Disillusion and, and made me a real fan was like, in 2016, they released a single called Elea, and it was the first thing they released since Gloria in 2006. They had a long hiatus or dormant period. Right. And I remember our friend Tim Hammond got me a copy of that somehow, just, you know, digitally. And it either came up on a shuffle once, or I just was like, oh, I, I forgot I had this. And I listened to it, and I just went crazy. I just was like, okay okay, uh, I'm going to go back and I got Gloria first and then back to times just to, I just bought them on Discogs, just knowing that I would probably like it. And thankfully I love it. Um, yep. And you, and you have a kind of similar story. I got into them through our, uh, our buddy Ilya B-roll. And I, I there's probably some connection to Tim and, and Ilya. Um, because all three of us were participants on the PMX board um, uh -huh. years ago. And Ilya was one of Gloria's great champions, along with the uh, the former uh, board moderator, uh, Neil, Neil Grigi, I believe it was his name. Okay. They both, they were both very, very supportive of it um, in, in the, the face of a lot of, a lot of criticism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, like with you and I, if we hear about some record that's going completely against what the band did before, it might be a spectacular failure, but that to us is far more interesting than, you know, someone just going through the motions time. And time. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, Gloria had our names written on it. Yeah. It was, it was, it was predestined. And we uh, finally found it thankfully. So yeah, let's, let's check out the second song. This is a, a little bit from a thing called dread it.
Man, uh, I think Dreadit and that snippet we just heard is everything I love about Gloria and also kind of underscores this huge question mark in my mind about Gloria, which is that why can't I draw easy parallels? Dude, dude. Sorry, I didn't because, mean that. Well, hold on. Yeah, no, but you you feel me because it's it's not like you and I don't have reference points here. I think this thing I think our reference points for weird metal, uh, unusual metal, f- strange modern metal, whatever whatever this is, progressive metal, our reference points are are pretty wide. I mean, there are people that can hang with us, but we can go toe to toe. And I still, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't quite put my finger on anybody they really sound like. I mean, I might get a waft here and there or something, but generally, like it, it's so unique and original, and that's really hard to say about anything. Dude, I was actually thinking what I said in my head while we were playing the snippet is exactly what just came out of your mouth. Wow. Okay. I was thinking, you know, Jeff and I are pretty good at drawing comparisons, but we are sucking right now. (laughs) Well, I I actually had this anxiety like come over me, like, what are are we going to say about this? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I guess it's just one of those instances where you let the music do the talking. You got it in there. <laughs> old radish. Yeah, old radish lets the music do the talking. You know it, folks. In all ser- in all seriousness, though, I mean, this is a uh, this is a, a yeoman's task that we have before us. Yeah. No, I mean it. it it's, it's so hard to use the word original anymore. I remember wanting that when I was a kid in the in the eighties, and I would always like with my friends, sort of. Um, dismiss a band because they weren't original that was my word you know what i mean because i think at the time you were getting originality you were getting invention and and, and things that you just never heard before in the 80s I, I think you know now in 2006 it's so hard or it was so hard then and it's it's harder now to be truly original in 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 the metal genre um no doubt this is a metal record but um it's about as far out as it gets in terms of genre limitations and it also again unlike anything i've really ever heard i think that's part of my attraction to it i like all the other disillusion stuff to some degree but i don't get the sense of it being uh, as utterly alone in its own world as this album yeah yeah this this thing vibrates at a different pitch than any other one album i own i like also in the black sea and dread it we'll hear it moving on I like Andy's clean vocals because they don't come in at a at a completely uh, predictable spot uh, to kind of offset the if if not harsher vocals than just you know less melodic vocals. But I, I like that. But I also like his melodic choices very very much. They seem to come from somewhere far outside of metal. I don't know much about the guy or his influences, but man, he's he's really creative. I, I think that you and I, um, I, I'm hoping that you are going to be able to go to Prophecy Fest. Yes. And I would like you and I to um, maybe schedule an appointment with him and just pick the shit out of his brain about Gloria. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's pester him. Yes. Yes. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> In three, four months, Andy Schmidt will be hating us, uh, but we're going to try our best to to warm up to him and have him warm up to us. Now, we 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 definitely are enthralled. The other thing I like about Dreadit that we're going to hear in the next track is that answering machine tape, spoken word stuff that comes into this album every now and then. 
because mm-hmm. uh, it's there in dread it and then it starts don't go any further you, you feel like it's coming from some old like micro cassette answering machine tape right and yeah let's let's listen to a little bit of don't go any further which starts with that we didn't play the entire dialogue because we're hoping you can uh you know go in discogs or somewhere and, and get this thing if you like it pretty uh, cheap I, I i think i would imagine the line straight or whatever anyway what i wanted to say what i wanted to say is don't go any further effect of listening to that i mean it feels very very intimate and very very convincing almost feel like i'm listening to something that i, I shouldn't be that that's really interesting I, and i it, in one way that makes me wish we would have played the entire sample at the beginning but we'll let we'll let listeners decipher that for themselves but i think with that opening of this guy it starts out him just kind of talking like you know it's like it's really conversational and as you say intimate it's it's one person to one person and then at the end of that of course as we heard he says don't go any further so it becomes a little bit sinister a little bit of of a warning of some sort and then yeah the song itself that's brilliant i've never thought of it that way but that's what i'm feeling when i listen to it so you're you're absolutely right yeah that's great man yeah, here we go again. Uh, without words on this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes me want to give up. Um, I saw you this morning when you were ironing out all the, all the, you know, all the stuff that we need for for ourselves, and you you were cleansing it, and I know it's all. Yeah, no, it's. It's all important, you know. The seam and all, and keeping the line straight or whatever. Anyway, what I wanted to say, what I wanted to say is, don't go any further. So something that um, 
we didn't do with this episode was like try to just figure it all out, try to do our research because we this is a band we actually don't know a ton about. I'd, I'd say of the stuff we've covered, it's it's something that we're we're still learning. Is that fair to say, Hunter? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and so so we as we're listening to "Don't Go Any Further," we found uh, some information that apparently uh, the album was co-written and produced by the team of Film M, who also made a video for "Don't Go Any Further." We don't know what Film M is. I think it's quite a small concern. Uh, but we, we stopped and paused in the recording of this podcast to watch the video because Hunter and I, one of the other things we agree on <laughs> of, of, <laughs> of, 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 of the few, we don't agree often, but of the few things we agree on, it's that videos are usually kind of useless. You know, jamming in a foggy warehouse, just the same old shit, you know, with maybe a girl or a car crash or something. So we watched this and it absolutely highlighted the point that you made hunter about this song being so intimate and feeling private and feeling like we maybe shouldn't even be looking but what the video does is sort of like give us an eye into this illegal dealing that ends in a helicopter and that smokestack falling at the end i think is really brilliant that had me kind of going wow who who did that that's this pretty incredible footage and it tells a bit of a storyline and it's not the band jamming in a foggy warehouse not, not any bullshit like that so uh, it actually did well and made me like the song that much more. Uh, usually videos will tear a song down for me. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so your uh, your take on the video, though, did you have a you have a, a first impression? Yeah. I mean, it sustains the mystery of the whole thing. For one, I like that there's no footage of them play. I mean, not only not in a foggy warehouse, but there's no instruments. I mean, it's a, right. it's a short film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and pretty well done. Um, definitely had so. definitely had a good feel. I I uh, I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> so yep. check that out as well if you're if you're still with us and you're still uh, enjoying this. I think it might be a good time to check that video out. We are going to jump to Avalanche, uh, a special song in this album, uh, the fourth one. Anything to say about it? Let's um let's listen and talk. Because, <laughs> I uh, so thought you were going to say let's just let the music do the thing. I uh, you know I don't want to wear out my um, my catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, right, right, I, I, right. I'm in uh, in in grave danger of doing that anyway, um, so I'm gonna try to. Uh, well, the good thing is we have Jason Walton coming off with about 200 more for you. It's just that you know he's kind of lining them up for you, so he's kind of he's giving you nicknames like like I think he gave you the nickname of Short Stack. I was like, well, where'd that come from? I I need to know these names first. Like Jason needs to pass them with me because I've known you yeah. longer and I've given exactly. you more nicknames. Yeah, he, so I have just, every right. I have the right. <laughs> But he just works that like every day. He's like, "Yep, sure. you think," and he doesn't really mention like, "Oh, I gave you a nickname." He just says it. Uh, <laughs> I know. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, as if this has been an established villain. fact for decades. You know. What's up, salad villain? Salad villain. Yeah, snack doctor. Dude, Jason Walton's a trip, man. <laughs> I also <laughs> want to say, watching Don Anderson play guitar was really quite the gift. So thanks. For oh, yeah, man, that guy's my word. Yeah. All right, let's get back on track. This is Avalanche.
you know, I think one of the reasons that we love that song so much is because it's the most Norwegian song on the album. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. It really gets See? into like Monus kind of territory. Yeah. Okay. So we're four songs in. We finally came up with a comparison. <laughs> <laughs> One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's really good. I, I mean, yes, I love that song. It, yes, it's a highlight. I mean, and yes, that chorus is something that, um, uh, like Save the Past, which we'll get to in a minute, is something that should have been huge in that perfect world we talk about sometimes. Yep. But um, if the sweetest of dreams, like that, like his melodic choices there, the emotion there, man, it's beautiful. And Manus is right on. They do strike me. The only band that came into my mind while we were listening to that was Pyogenesis. And not at all because it sounds like Pyogenesis. It sounds nothing like Pyogenesis. But they're German. And I feel like they're both German. And I feel like Pyogenesis, if had they followed a more eclectic kind of left field route, might have gotten to something like this. Yeah. Yeah, I totally see that. Like if, they, if they had turned right after the Osmos EP, you know, yep. even discarding waves of irritation went in this more uh, yeah like i said eclectic left field thing they might sound like this and i think part of that is the germanness of it there's something really strict and uh, that's that's very true avalanche made me love this album all over again so there you go Mm. let's do uh two in a row this is um the title track gloria another highlight in my opinion and a little thing called aerophobic which i believe is the only instrumental on the album and shorter song on the album Wall 
Yeah, aerophobic. I want to. I, I wish there were there was more music out there that sounded like aerophobic, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, it's like a like a dark take on you know that like that highly digitized, chopped up, pixelated thing that minus the bear gets into every now and then. So funny you mentioned them because I heard them in Avalanche earlier and I forgot to mention. Uh-huh. That tapping, but anyway, yeah, or not the tapping, but the just the guitar, yeah. the guitar is there. Yes, bacteriophobic, totally <laughs> right. I mean, I, I feel like there could be a band that could base their sound on aerophobic. Of course, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they go different places, but let's let's form that band. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I, I'm sure that there are lots of people clamoring for you know if, if only there was a band that sounded just like Disillusions, Disillusions aerophobic song on this weird <laughs> album. Yes. <sure. laughs> aerophobic now you make a great point there's nothing better to say about it than that it's it's really a great piece of music yeah and then the the title track gloria majestic and again something that is really unto this album and only this album yep that's a great word though majestic because it really yeah especially the emotion in the vocal performance there is um yeah it's, it's pretty extraordinary I feel like between these two songs, we've heard like if this illusion had maybe another album, you know, before this, along with the debut, and then had gotten a lot more popular with those, if they had put this out, this would be sort of their into the pandemonium. Yep. But yep. History didn't treat them that way. So it's not that it's just this weird album by this, you know, <laughs> somewhat obscure band, but you know, obviously they, they, there's a cult there, but yeah, it makes me just want to keep going. We're going to listen to the whole we are in now hunter you gave me this snippet this is your choice uh out of many of these you misspelled it the whole w-h-o-l-e we are in and i i'm certain that's because you love tnt's transistor album well and you know how much you're in yep. you know what i'm talking about right you know how much i love that record i do and i love it too and i yep. think you misspelled it because you were getting it mixed up with the tnt song so probably you getting there, there's a comparison that um Maybe we can try to find some parallels between TNT and, uh, <laughs> and, and well, hey, we we did that um, that six degrees episode one time. Oh, surely there are six degrees between this and TNT. And, yeah, and it probably does also involve Morty Black again. <laughs> All great music does. It really does. Okay, this is the whole we are in H O L E.
suicide Beyond them try, take a bite I am wrapped in a peculiar sand of cumin Took some time to figure out, figure out what it would mean Smells like me, smells like you Smells like the things that we all into Here in the lead, and off to the street We are dancing with the shadows probably the only time that you'll hear a metal song with the line the peculiar scent of cumin <laughs> man <laughs> really in right. about, but spices and uh in metal songs I, I guess the only thing that comes to mind that maybe would say that would be uh like tiamat's wild honey era oh that's true yeah your scent of cumin sure. but but still i don't think certainly <laughs> that combination of words is uh, and the idea of it is cumin a peculiar scent? I mean, we're, we're, we're both, you know, food guys. Not is it peculiar? I, I cook with it quite a bit. I mean, I think it's I think it's a common but really good scent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I am wrapped in the peculiar scent of cumin. Okay, it might be peculiar to be wrapped in the scent. <laughs> that well, that's true. Okay. I, I can't say that I've ever been wrapped in the the scent of cumin. Okay, well, we'll talk to Schmidt about it in the cave in the mountain. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. gonna, yeah, maybe he can, um, you know, come up with some sort of, you know, elixir scent and I'll spray that on and just see if I get any, you know, quizzical glances. <laughs> but, hey, does that guy, is it me or does that guy smell like cumin? It's very peculiar. Yes, I think he very does. Peculiar. It's almost as if he's wrapped in it. <laughs> Disillusioned dreams. And I, it would be even better if you put a little psilocybin. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah it. yeah there you go there you yeah, go. the tiamat yeah connection all right, with all right. yeah all right well, this yeah <laughs> having fun tonight okay so this next song save the past this is one that since you and i discovered or rediscovered this album have agreed that in the perfect world we often talk about and talked about even earlier in this episode this is the one this should be the disillusion hit single yep i i think this one has everything that i love about this album and love about when they get so focused that it becomes it skirts the line of maybe possibly using the word pop you know what i mean it gets it never yeah, yeah, yeah. it never gives us that but it gets close Too, and coming back home to the place to go. 
that she went silently In the end that she went peacefully And for all it's worth I miss her too And coming back home Here we go and save the past Here we are, the day has come The cypress grove and words of morn What is left now is all but quicksand And I wanna go home To the place to go Here we go and save the past Up the sails we're up at last Here we go and save the past Starboard on we're off At last One thing that I love about what I guess you would call the chorus, it's so catchy, but also kind of aloof. And I actually thought of another um, probably tenuous connection, but it reminds me a bit of the vocal approach on the frantic bleep record since apparatus. Oh, wow. I could totally see that. I, I was taken back to like maybe the most accessible Peter Murphy and Bauhaus. Oh, yeah, and some other some other post punk indie early indie rock stuff like that um, yeah. that's on the darker side. But I think you're also dead on with that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Probably just a a, um, a case of shared influences. Um, In that case, yeah, yeah, probably, and um, and and possibly those influences too. You know, Bauhaus and yeah, what else we ever else we want to throw in there is a lot. Uh, yeah, and, and it's great about the chorus too. Aloof is a great word. I really like that. And it's also it's kind of a sheepish or shy refrain. It, it's it's vulnerable. It's a you know which I I think this whole album is sort of metal. I love that. Yeah, vulnerable metal. metal in a very vulnerable state. But also I like that every now and then it won't be the full chorus. It'll just be here we go and save the past, and then like they click into another verse. It, it, it'll yep. shop up the chorus introduce that line and then like bam go into another verse so it it plays with the chorus too it's really inventive songwriting i mean to me it just fires all my neurons you know like i'm oh, like, totally totally yeah. like the they, neuron kings <laughs> exactly by the way i love that his name what was his name in uh in the neuron kings era it was um vertox v-u-r-t-o-x <laughs> no idea why don't know don't know what the significance is but uh that was kind of interesting so um have you listened to that early stuff like three uh, i don't know i haven't actually i bought it when i started getting into these albums and it's the only other thing i have other than the um the Elia single and it's interesting it's as you'd imagine quirky melodic death metal i guess okay good but not as good as the, the debut makes me curious makes me very curious to hear those demos i think that's going to be my next quest maybe that's a radical research 003 release maybe that'll be oh, a thing. oh okay you know we didn't mention about hanging out with agalock we have to probably say because this is a radical research show it, 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 and maybe somebody out there also can join the fan club but we had five of the what 12 paroxysm fans in the <laughs> same, in, in the same room at the same time like this has never happened certainly not in the u.s and you, you, I think you made the um, the comment that if a bomb were to drop on that building, like Paroxysm's fan base would be reduced. Yes, I, I remember that being the, one of the few times <laughs> I, made, I made John Holm laugh, uh, a big belly laugh. So I was pretty proud of that. 
maybe next episode we'll tell the oyster story if that's okay with him. I loved, I love that whole thing. I don't think he would mind. Uh, nah, uh, that's we'll, we'll tell it next time. We'll save our John Hams Palm yeah. stories. He's he's a great dude. Yeah. So you you know how they have like Beatles conventions and Kiss conventions and Elvis conventions? Like that was the closest thing in the U.S. ever to a paroxysm convention. <laughs> Uh, that was the closest thing ever anywhere to a practice <laughs> convention. Yeah, we uh, all huge yeah. fans. We could all they were like slinging out all the demo names, like they know these songs. Like I loved it. it just... We were no when we were um when we were at level. I mean, we had a yeah. like an in depth conversation about paroxysm. That's where this happened. That's where the bomb drop yeah. comment happened. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Right. Let's move on. I was a little bit remiss in saying that. Aerophobic was the only instrumental on this album. Um, Lava technically is instrumental. I just always hear it. Man, I, I think you know why. I, I'm always captured by this song because of the low slung sort of bass and guitar. The guitar sounds like those guitars on Dickinson's Chemical Wedding that are strong oh, yeah. bass strings. Yeah. The high bass strings are the low guitar strings. It has that tone to the guitar strings. These thick gauge motherfuckers, low slung. <laughs> detuned and sounding like that band morphine and i remember being at the post office ah. i had just got done listening to this and i said to you you know i was in the car and this, this just played and i was like dude that that lava song by disillusion sounds so much like morphine we had never talked about morphine no it was a band i actually experimented with for a little while way outside my wheelhouse but um kind of like bluesy jazzy don't they have a like a sax? it's like a sax yeah, there's a sax and it's prominent bass yeah. Uh, it's prominent bass, really jangly, low slung, drunken bass. And um, it's oh, it's really good. It's there's a, there's an album called Cure for Pain that I had for a while. And this song made me want to get it again. I think I just tired of the it. one with like the aerial shot of the, like the black clouds. And yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, I remember. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I have much familiarity with that album and at one point of love, and I, it makes me want to reinvestigate. I don't, I think there's a reason I got rid of it, but what I love about Lava, long story short, is that it's just the most morphine thing I've heard since. So that's what, well, you don't hear that every day. You don't.
yeah, that's heavy as all hell. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, and it, it, it like, yeah, low slung is a perfect thing for it because it like, it has a looseness and a dirtiness and like a, you know, a rock kind of attitude about it um, that yeah. I love. But then you get surprised by this really, really gorgeous passage that comes after. Um, and and it's, it says a lot about, you mentioned how inventive their songwriting is. It, but it's so not many bands could pull off the kind of surprise maneuvers that disillusion can. And it seems so seamless or appear so seamless. I didn't hear anything you said after surprise maneuvers. <laughs> uh, I think that's as good as Steve Hackett when he told me that he thought Prague was uh, a series of ambushes, um, <laughs> which I also will never forget. That's a great description, right? That that kind of says a lot. It's hard. It's hard to talk about music and really sum it up. Right. No matter how much or how little you say. Uh, hey, well, it's a good thing that I can describe music because I, I can't describe what a piece of luggage looks like with any sort of precision. Dude, I can't believe you just... Hold on. I hope listeners bear with us here. This is a story worth telling. Uh, when we were waiting for your symbols, your symbol case and your uh, additional luggage uh, coming from the baggage carousel after landing in Portland, tired as fuck, ready to embark on this adventure. I was like, well, what's your bag look like? You're really like black. I was like, and we joked about how, of course, all the bags are black. You know, everybody knows that. And then he's, you're like, it has a tag on it. I'm like, well, that has a tag on it. Well, that's not mine. Okay. And then I was like, is there any other characteristic about the bag? And you go, uh, it has ridges. And it did it definitely had ridges but then so did a lot of the other bags and it was just i don't know this turned into a deliriously tired funny <laughs> but the thing that's funny because adrian and i were just shopping for an extra bag tonight because we're going to london in like four days and we wanted like something we could check that's kind of this extra bag and if we bring gifts back for people or whatever and uh i told her that story <laughs> so it's so funny that you mentioned that now anyway <laughs> I walked in that store going, I want whatever's got the best ridges. <laughs> I, want, I want the most distinctive black ridges you have, sir. Prices. <laughs> Money is nothing. Yeah. I was almost going to say that's what she said in there somewhere with the distinctive black ridges, but I just wasn't sure where. I wasn't sure where. Okay. Um, we're going to end this, motherfucker. Um, we have no idea what we're doing for the next episode but we could promise you two things one it'll be cool two it'll be coming out way sooner than uh, this one did so thanks for your patience uh we're going to end with too many broken treaties and a really talk about peculiar sense uh untifen untifen not sure how you say this final 11th song but i love it i i was so tempted to play the whole thing it's it's a really 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 big element of this album in my opinion yep but again more incentive for people to go buy the album absolutely man dude i'm still gonna try to get to germany but if i don't and they play something from gloria i'm gonna be internally envious for that reason alone so i, I, I suspect that they'll i suspect they'll play something from it i guess what i'm saying is if i don't go i just hope that they don't play anything from gloria well thanks jeff <laughs> i love you i mean there's it's, it's not like there's anything else there that i'm looking forward to Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a terrible, terrible event. I'm sure. Oh, the whole lineup's just gross. Yeah, Bethlehem sucks. My dying bride sucks. Uh, Laster, fucking rookie band. Laster, Dark Space, Garbage. Oh yeah, Dark Space. They're terrible. 
<laughs> yeah. And one of the things that I am really, really stoked about um, in all seriousness, and I mean, Jeff and I were joking, uh, the Prophecy lineup is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Vimod um, from Norway is playing um, mm. a band that I love. And um, Jan Even is uh, their uh, guitarist is one of our listeners yep. and a supporter of radical research. And I'm really, really excited about meeting him and, and, oh, seeing yeah. Him. and yeah, it's just, it, it's going to be, um, I have a feeling it's going to be a very uh, radical research friendly crowd. I like a lot of just people into super creative, great music. Well, so, I, that, that could be a show one day is prophecy. I haven't always liked everything they've done, but I love their aesthetic. I love their identity. I love yeah, they're, exactly. their it, approach. Just labels that, yeah. yeah. And they have, and I say that only because I don't have everything. I don't like everything on the label. I like so much. Like there's so much great that came out of that, that German label. Uh, yep. And now that by this time they've been around forever. Like they've yep. really, Amazing. they've really persevered and now they're, doing really great things with these festivals and always with the packaging. They were always about stellar packaging. So might be a fun episode. Maybe we'll do that for 97. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. Cheers to everyone. Uh, we're going to go out. This is too many broken treaties and Unti Fen. We'll be back with uh, episode 97, maybe on prophecy, maybe on something completely different. We'll see. Maybe those stuck mojo demos we'll finally get around to. Oh man. Those things are fucking savage. Fear degradation.